I think all brands that have uh, transactional moments that are at one point controllable, i.e., mm-hmm. um, it's in their on their device in their environment, and now when it's on any device in any environment, how do you still brand? Yeah, I think there is going to be a way that if you're going to use a Mastercard as an example, that Mastercard will have negotiated with whatever the Amazons of the world are. That anytime someone uses a Mastercard to, to uh, do a transaction, this sound plays. I think that's just a logical extension of it. Welcome to Audio Branding, the hidden gem of marketing. Sound plays a more important role in human behavior and our decision-making than you may realize. In this podcast, I'll help you understand the art and science of sound so you can better influence others in business and your life. I'm your host, Jody Krangle. Let's delve a little deeper. This is the second part of my interview with Tom Emanson. So what are some of the um, brands that you've worked on and, and any that you, that really stick out for you or that you really love, like you really love. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, there's a famous telco brand in Canada. Kudo. <laughs> I can't oh, yes. sing it right. Yes. Kudo. <laughs> um, that was a lot of fun. That was big. Yeah. And, and they're still using it to this day. It's, it's, uh, it's superseded agencies, CMOs, um, ECDs, it's, it's still being used. I had Kudo for a while. There you go. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. Um, Kudo's great. Um, Toronto Airline Company, Porter Airlines, Toronto based oh, yeah. airline company, Porter Airlines. Mm-hmm. Um, they are currently, due to COVID, um, not advertising, but mm. when they were advertising, they uh, we had a distinctive voice, a great music track, and of course, a champagne flute. Mnemonic, yes. Porter, ding, flying, refined. I loved that guy's voice. I, I just loved how he did that. He's a fabulous um, Broadway Shakespearean trained actor. So he had that this sort of thespian quality to him. Yes. But you, he was still very approachable. And Porter's whole positioning was, we are not a specific class of airline. But if you want to think of us as any class, we're first class. <laughs> yeah. Hence the... Flying Refined is their tagline. The Champagne yes. Flutes is their mnemonic. Because, mm-hmm. of course, the only place in an airplane that you hear Champagne Flutes is... First class. There you go. <laughs> yes. Um, so all of the sound devices were used to suggest this is a first class experience with a non-class price. And uh, I think it worked very well for them. Oh, it totally did. And it still does. I mean, I'm sure when they start advertising again, it'll still work very well for them. <laughs> you know what? They... Um, they were very wise at the very beginning when they started this down this path. They secured a piece of music, a piece of jazz music that they own in perpetuity, which is a big expense up front. Yeah. If you outlay that kind of money, you've got to have some belief into the reason why it's going to make sense long term. And they wanted something that was timeless, something that was sophisticated but accessible, and it had to feel good. And this is, this is where we netted out. And that piece of jazz is not only heard in their commercials, but when you get on their airplanes, as you're seat, being seated, it's playing in the PA system. Oh, that's wonderful. Okay. So, so the, the continuation of its sonic branding, if you will. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And I, I've seen and heard a lot of companies make that mistake in that they license something that they don't own or, you know, they, and someone else starts using it. Well, that's the thing with co-branding. Yeah. People want to license a a piece of music that's famous or semi-famous because 
it either makes sense for the um, creative content of that specific ad, mm-hmm. which I uh, applaud them for. But if they're licensing it, it to be an extension of their brand for long term, they are going to get eventually going to, it's not theirs. It never was theirs, never will be theirs. Yeah. It's an interesting situation. When you talk about sonic branding, music licensing to me isn't sonic branding unless you're buying that piece of music in perpetuity. You're taking it out of the market. Unless it becomes an identity. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And good luck with that with the next Beatles song you want to. <laughs> yeah. Not going to work. Yeah. But it's kind of like like building your brand on shifting sand because someone's going to take it from you. <laughs> well, it's, I said earlier that, you know, the whole purpose of music and sound of voice is to create rational and emotional connections between yourself and your customers mm-hmm. and your employees for that matter. Sure. If you're going to use or leverage somebody else's already established version of that emotional connection and kind of stick it on your brand, it'll work for a little bit, but it's not a long-term uh, proposition. It'll always be what it was originally. You just rented it. Very much so. So how has this changed over the years? I'm, I'm curious as to what, I know your process has probably refined over the years, but are the customer expectations completely different? Um, I mean, it's hard to know, I guess, what the long-term repercussions of, of doing this kind of thing are until you've had that time. But are, are you noticing a shift in how people are paying attention to this or, or how they're thinking of it? You know, I think what's happened is that in today's digital age, it's uh, the marketplace is becoming increasingly overcrowded. There's something like three mm-hmm. new startups every second, even during COVID. <laughs> yeah. Um, so branding is now playing an even more strategic role in connecting with people. And historically, brands have relied on their appearance to connect. And today, with every media platform having sound built in, brands need to have their own voice to connect with customers. Mm -hmm. Remember, brands are like people. How they're seen is how they look. How they sound is how they're heard. Brands are leveraging the latter way more now than they were 20 years ago. Yeah. That's really good to hear, actually. And and as an extension of that particular question, how has it changed in COVID? Because <laughs> this is a weird time we're in. <laughs> I don't know that it's changed that much because everyone's kind of sort of just holding their position right now, just trying to make it through COVID. Yeah. I, I will say this, that prior to COVID, when we all existed and coexisted in uh, workspaces, um, public transportation, streets, malls, parks, whatever it was, all you had to do was look around and 80% of the population was wearing earbuds or headphones. Yep. Now more than ever is an opportunity for a brand to connect sonically in that world. Yeah. If that makes any sense. When we get back to that world. <laughs> yes. Hopefully we get back to that world at some point. <laughs> that would be nice. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be optimistic and say when we get back to that world. Okay. Okay, I like that. <laughs> so why do you think it's important? I mean, just the, the, the whole why of, of how, like, we know how this works. I know what your methodology is now. But why do you feel it's a really important part of a brand? Brands need to connect with consumers in order to sell their product or service. Um, you can't just have a product or a service and it sells on its own. 
people, there's too many options. People will pick the product or service that they relate to. There's no, there's not just one pop beverage. There's not just one um, airline. There's not just one gene manufacturer. Somehow you have to connect with your customer, um, which goes beyond the product itself. Quality product is a given. Mm-hmm. If you're in the business of just cheap, well, that is your brand. That's what you sell is is low cost. And that's a um, that's a very busy space and, and in most cases a, a rapid spiral down into the toilet. Mm-hmm. If you're selling something that's um, quality and it's unique and it's distinct and it's ownable, then how you position yourself with your customer has to be distinct, unique, and ownable. It's not just about the product or the service itself. It's also about um, how you participate in society these days. Um, what you would, you relate to, how does your brand connect to other things around? So that I said earlier in this interview, um, you asked me how I got started and it was the whole mixtape mix tape, um, reference. Uh-huh. It's the same thing. So this brand is, has to create its mixtape, if you will, <laughs> okay, in order to have an audience. And then that mixtape is a combination of how it's giving back, um, what it believes in, um, what the product or service itself is capable of doing or bringing and providing for you, the consumer. And basically that's, yeah, that's it. Sound is a key component within all of that. Not so much the actual product itself. Yeah. In some cases it is part of the product, but sound is the, the, the um, connective tissue that is used to talk about, just, uh, demonstrate, um, the way it's going to give back, the way it's going to participate in society, what it supports, what it doesn't support. It reaches us really deeply too, like immediately and deeply. Well, it the, this is the technical part of it. Um, it touches the limbic part of our brain. That's where, sorry, that's the limbic part of our brain is where we make decisions. And it's not a rational part. It's an emotional part. Totally. <laughs> it's why we have that reaction to music that we have and we don't know why. We just somehow connected it's it's like it releases dopamine Mm -hmm. and dopamine is very addictive and um that's why people feel the need it's why people gather in tens of thousands of people in a stadium to listen to the same piece of music it's to share that experience yeah and let's hope we get to do that again someday i hope so when we get to do that again someday (laughs) there you go Yeah. So where do you see the future of this going? There's so much more that sound can do when it comes to a brand. And I think we're only on the cusp of it right now. 100%. There are some people that are, they have a bigger toe in the water than others. Um, I'm going to use the AI assistant, the Siri, the Lexas of the world. I think almost all brands are going to eventually have to adopt some form of that as we get into a, a world where we communicate with our devices with human voice rather than you know touching the keyboard sure we start talking to our computers more and the computers need to have a voice to speak back they can't come back with just print it's it lacks personality so i think brands will start to have their own human voice as part of their brand Uh, i think that it's going to extend beyond brands i think that you know as we all strive to be individuals and have individual looks and sounds and walks and talks and all those things Mm -hmm. that audio will become somehow personalized so we don't just gather around the same piece of music we have our own sound i don't know what that looks like yet or sounds like better yet but i believe that it's somehow 
going to be part of our, our world moving forward. Are you looking for ways to improve your company's or podcast's impact? You'd be surprised how powerful the use of an intentional audio branding strategy can be. Want to know more? I have a free downloadable PDF that gives you my five tips for implementing an intentional audio strategy at voiceoversandvocals.com slash audio branding strategy. That location does ask to put you on a mailing list just to send you updates on when the new podcasts come out. But if you really don't want to give your email out, I understand. Just contact me directly. My email is all over my website and I'll make sure you get that PDF without needing to sign up anywhere. If you do sign up, though, you also get access to a resources section called The Studio, where I have videos, white papers and PDFs, discounts from my guests, and snippets of audio from my guests that no one else gets to hear. So maybe it's worth your while. Totally up to you. And of course, if you're looking for voiceovers, you can get in touch with me about that, too. Now, back to the podcast. I can't remember what the name of the company is exactly, but there is a company that makes dynamic music that changes with the pace you're running or walking at. Yep. It's it's really interesting because you're listening to this in earbuds and it's the same piece of music, but it's just speeding up the tempo or or slowing down the tempo. And the music remains the same, but, but it changes. <laughs> it's interesting. I'm trying to remember the company I was working with, but <clears throat> basically it was a an e-reader company mm -hmm. and they wanted to use sound and music behind the actual stories. Okay. And they realized that in order to do that, they would have to be able to either scan the retinas of the people that were reading the stories off the e-reader to know where they were in the story in order to present the right sound or the right music. And they thought, well, that that's never going to fly. It might fly now. It wouldn't fly back then. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. But what they came up with was as the reader of the ebook, if you just touched the book where you were at at any given moment, the sound would immediately snap to that place, musically and or audibly, so that it was back in sync with what you were reading. Very cool. Mm. There's just so much that can be done with this. I'm 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 eager for the future. Uh, and it's really interesting, actually, what Mastercard did with their brand because I know that they've changed. Um, like they came up with a whole new branding soundscape. But um, because people are doing a lot of transactions on things like uh, Google Home and, and Alexa, you're not actually seeing the transaction happen. So you need some kind of an audio cue that it went through. 100%. Yeah. So that's how they're making it work. And they, they made their whole big soundscape and, and use these this same mnemonic throughout everything. And yeah, I guess we'll see what happens. It's been, I think, two years, maybe. Yeah, you know, it had a huge rollout. I remember going, watching the whole thing coming from Cannes when they did the, the rollout. And I thought, well, it's elaborate. It's, um, it's exhaustive across disciplines, which is wonderful. And geographical locations, 100%, which was kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I can't say that I've, I feel like it's really been brought to bear. I don't feel like I hear it or... There's just not enough, um, I guess, enough in market of it that I'm 
conscious of it. It's true. Unlike something like a uh, like a McDonald's, if you will, where you, every time there's a McDonald's commercial, of course, yeah, you're going to hear the ba da ba ba ba. Yeah, I guess I haven't seen many of their commercials since they rolled that out, and I don't have uh, a home device here, so I don't use that. So for me, I'm not experiencing their mnemonic on a regular basis, but you know, other people maybe. Yeah. I think you got, you're onto something though. I think all brands that have uh, transactional moments that are at one point controllable, i.e. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in their, on their device in their environment. And now when it's on any device in any environment, how do you still brand? Yeah. I think there's going to be a way that if you're going to use a MasterCard as an example, that MasterCard will have negotiated with whatever the Amazons of the world are, that anytime someone uses a MasterCard to, to uh, do a transaction, this sound plays. I think that's just a logical extension of it. Totally. Maybe they pay a premium for that. I'm sure Amazon's not going to complain about getting more money. No, <laughs> they're doing really well today, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there are so many ways that this can be used and, and so much potential. And I'm I'm amazed that more companies aren't jumping into this because, I mean, it, it's it's something that really people should be starting now. If, they're, if they want to get anywhere with this, they need to start as soon as possible because it takes time for these kinds of things to become memorable. <laughs> 100%. And the more times and the more places that you can actually put forward your sonic identity, uh, the more, the sooner it will become memorable. Mm-hmm. If you're a, a credit card company, why shouldn't you have a sound go off at the gas pump when you use that credit card? Oh, yeah. Or at the cash register when you use that credit card. Instead of just bloop, maybe there's the sound of MasterCard sound instead of the blip. Yeah. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. I love companies that are considering using their sound uh, in on devices as well, because I think, you know, it, it's a, in the, I'll use the mobile phone world as an example. Deutsche Telekom is the only company that I know that has managed to turn a sonic device, their sonic ID, into something on their device. And that's that tone, that telephone ring. Dun-dun-dun-dun. That's also their sonic branding. Why does that not exist on an Apple phone? Why does that not exist on a Samsung phone? Deutsche Telekom is, is not a phone manufacturer, but rather a, a, um, a service provider, and they've managed to brand on anyone's device. Yeah. Well, the same way that you were saying MasterCard should have a deal with Amazon, right? Like <laughs> these other companies should have a deal with Samsung. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. It's amazing people don't think about this, but hopefully they will now. <laughs> we hope. <laughs> yeah. So what are you working on now? Is there anything in particular that you can talk about? Um, I'm working with a lottery corporation, which will go nameless. Okay. Um, and uh, we're just in the process of stage three. We're in the testing process right now. Ah. And uh, beyond internal testing, it's going out to external testing. Mm-hmm. So... I'm not part of that testing phase itself, but um, the results are supposed to come in by the end of the month. And then we move into the deployment phase, which is rolling it out. And that's a um, that's something that's taken place over the course of a year. Wow. Yeah, it takes time. But, you know, all of this is not worth anything unless the actual rollout <laughs> is, is considered well, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Implementation. <laughs> There's a lot of people we talk to and um, 
you, you go through the process of saying, this is, this is the process that we use. This is how long it takes. This is how much it costs. Um, and then there's a whole bunch of questions about, okay, so when we get to the end of the process, what's the cost beyond that? And then you have to talk about, well, if you determine along the way that you want to license or own a piece of music that already exists, well, that's, you know, how long is a ball of string? Um, if it's a human voice, well, you either strike a deal with that human voice where um, they are paid either in perpetuity or on a annual renewal basis on a, or on a per use basis. Again, how long is a ball of string? Sure. The only one that we can really control the cost of is a an original piece of music that we write. And then in turn, we are able to license to that brand. Yeah. But I mean, it's a marketing expense. Like how much do you spend in marketing over a year? Like... <laughs> It, you know, when you, when you compare the cost of sonically identifying your brand versus visually, mm -hmm. it's a drop in the bucket. Yeah. It's not even, doesn't even scratch the surface of what the visual costs are. And yet, I think it has potential to actually have more impact, especially now. It definitely does. I mean, we're assaulted with billions of visual brand identities. We're not assaulted with billions of audio brand identities. Which means we're likely to pay attention when we hear them. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I, I've often said you can put the identifiable audio brands in one jukebox. Yeah. You can't do that with visual. Yeah. You'd have to have thousands of jukeboxes. Yeah. It's amazing. Well, that's why I said if you want to start this, you should start it now because <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be effective, like super effective 10 years from now. One hundred percent. You know yeah. what? It's a lot of work to do it right. Mm -hmm. But when you do it right and you step back and listen to it done and you can explain the what, the why, and the how, it's it's bulletproof. Yeah. And it'll last years. Yeah. You know, you, you can update it. You can you can change little p bits and pieces of it, but you can refresh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and oftentimes they do. Yes, exactly. But it, it stands the test of time. The McDonald's is a great example of refreshing. So I think it was 2003 that they originally did I'm Loving It. Mm -hmm. And for the first year, they rolled it out as a song. I think it was 60 seconds in length. Justin Timberlake was singing it. Yes. And then when they burned through the money that they were going to pay Justin, um, <laughs> yeah, they moved on to an instrumental version where they just used the um, tag I'm Loving It off the ba-da-ba-ba-ba, I'm loving it, without Justin. Eventually, they dropped the I'm... Loving it because people filled that in themselves. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. You just put that in the visual on the screen. And yeah. even if it's radio, people heard it enough times that they filled in the blanks, which is the wonderful thing about an earworm. That's what you want. Now they just use those notes transposed into whatever um, they need it to be. Is it a holiday Christmas promotion? And then it's ding dong, ding dong, ding. Add bells. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was asked to do it once where they were launching their um, home delivery service. So we did it with doorbells. Oh, that's clever. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> and it worked. And people knew exactly what the melody was. That's the that's the beauty of, the power of, and the staying power of um, an audio identification or an audio ID that you stick with. I love that. Yeah. So uh, as we come to the end of this interview, are there any tips that you want to give um, potential advertisers who are looking into getting into this? I would say that if you don't look into it, then you are negligent in your duties as a CMO. <laughs> I would, okay, I would, good point. <laughs> I would say that if you are looking into it, the three things that you need to hold up at the end of the day are it needs to be distinct, it needs to be consistent, 
and it needs to be ownable. If it's just a random five notes that anyone can use, and you can, I can go on for days where I can play you this car company's version against that car company. You go, well, what's the difference? Yeah. Yeah. And there really isn't much of a difference. Mm -hmm. And so there's no connectivity or connective tissue there. It's just a sound that goes on the end of the commercials. You don't want that. Sure. You basically, that sound at the end of your day or at the end of your commercial story, that's your handshake on the way out the door. So they come back. That's a good point. Yes, I like that. <laughs> How can people find you guys? Well, you can find us at piratetoronto.com. Um, we exist in Toronto, but we work all over the world. And uh, we have uh, a lot of partners in different parts of the world. And yeah, piratetoronto.com. Great. Are you guys on social media? We are. Uh, we're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. And what else? LinkedIn. And I think Twitter. That's, a, that's all handled by my social media department. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. I apologize. I don't know all the addresses. Oh, no, it's it's fine. Um, I, I guess if they just look for Pirate Toronto, they will find they us. They will find us. Yes. <laughs> okay. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Tom. I really appreciate you taking the time today. This was great. <laughs> Thank you, Jody. I really enjoyed talking with you. Well, that's the end of this episode. Thanks for listening. And if you like what you heard, why not tell a friend about this podcast? It's available in all the usual locations. Until next time.